I don't know about you, but as I always say, basically every time that I'm up here, I am excited. I am just so excited because every time that we come together on Sunday mornings, God is faithful to speak to us. And I believe that this morning that God wants to do something special. Do you, do you actually, I believe it. Do you? Like God actually wants to do something special in our lives. And so this morning, I am incredibly, incredibly excited. This whole year, we've been talking about resilient disciples. What does it mean to be a resilient disciple? And I personally want to be a resilient disciple. I personally want to be able to walk through life, and no matter what happens, I want to be able to say God is good. We literally sang that song, and, and the, uh, one of the verses or courses of that song says, um, with every breath that I am able to, I will sing of the goodness of God. <laughs> and the whole idea is that regardless of whatever happens in our lives, with everything that I am and everything that I have, I want to sing of the goodness of God. Why? Because he is good. I might not always feel it, but God is good. And so this whole year, we want to be resilient disciples of Christ. And this is the journey that we're on. And, and starting this month, um, we have been talking about what does it mean to love Jesus. Okay, Pastor Mitch opened up this section with such a beautiful word on the fact that God goes first. And friends, I don't know about you, but that is super encouraging. Because most of the time, I'm like, I don't know what to do with my life. And so it's super encouraging to know that God initiates this place of love in relationship. And then from there, last week, while Pastor Mitch and I were away, Pastor Lori, I listened to the podcast. It was awesome. If you haven't, if you didn't listen to it, you should. You should. Go listen to the podcast. Um, but it, it, it was about putting Jesus above and before everyone and everything else in our lives. And what a beautiful challenge that is. You know, as Pastor Mitch said, we were away at retreat last weekend, and it was beautiful to see a room of students and leaders who, in, in every way, were making decisions to put Jesus above and before everyone and everything else. There was a call on a Friday night, are you willing to give up everything for Jesus? And students responded. Students responded to wanting to give all of themselves to Jesus. That's amazing. And so, friends, are you ready to grow with Jesus? Yeah? You're with me? I love it. Okay, so today we're going to talk about keeping God's commandments. Amazing. Are you ready? We're going to talk about obedience, submission, all of it. It's going to be amazing. Are you ready? Okay, perfect, 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 perfect. I, like, I, I love retreat, and I love all these different kinds of things, because especially when we play games, it's super, super entertaining, okay? And really inconvenient at times, because you'll be explaining a game, um, and you'll be explaining the rules and kind of how it works, all this kinds of stuff. And just before you dismiss the kids, I've learned to always ask, does anybody have any questions, okay? Because the moment that you say, let's play, if you have missed a rule, it is game over, okay? So when you ask the question, hey, does anybody have any questions? Most of the time, people remain silent. If you've done a good job, if you haven't, they ask clarifying questions. And then there is always typically one kid, one child. Lord bless them. 
who you have stated the rules, and they proceed to find every way to try and find loopholes in the rules that you've given them. And you're standing there, and then you feel like, oh, man, do I make more rules? <laughs> and it's this moment of tension. And here's the truth is that you and I all have a relationship with authority. You and I all have a certain relationship with rules and commandments in our lives, some healthy and some unhealthy, but we all have a relationship with them. And when it comes to our relationship with God, we also have a relationship with his commandments. And, and it's it's it's. Whew, if we don't get this right, we miss out on so much. You see, we're scared sometimes of disobeying God because of his judgment. Which is fair. But what about recognizing that in obedience, there's actually life? You see, following God's commandments isn't about living the perfect life and sparing yourself of judgment. Following God's commands and listening to God's word and seeing it as ultimate truth in our lives is about finding the life that Jesus has created us to live. And so when Jesus is talking to his disciples, um, he gives them this hard and helpful word. And he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And, you know, for, for a second, as I was reading this and preparing, I'm like, wow, that, does, like, that seems pretty simple. Like, if I love him, then I'll keep his commandments. But as I started thinking about it, I realized there's a, there's a lot because last week, Pastor Lori shared the two greatest commandments, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Two commandments, but man, does that impact your life. You see, if it was one simple command, like go to church every Sunday, I would be fine. If, if it was one simple commandment, like say a prayer before a meal, I would be fine. If it was one simple commandment, like tithe or one simple commandment like don't say any bad words or whatever it is if it was one simple commandment I might be able to do it but it's much bigger than that and Jesus himself knows this it's profoundly difficult to obey God's commands in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 it um it says, specifically referring to Jesus, uh, for we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus understands that we are weak. And you know, I won't even speak for you, but I will speak for myself. I am weak, and oftentimes weaker than I would like to admit. And so it's in this space where I look at the statement that Jesus made, and if you love me, you will keep my commands, and I feel out of my league. But listen, let's slow down a little bit and start from this phrase. 
Genuine love shows itself in willing obedience. Genuine love shows itself in willing obedience. So, simple enough, if you genuinely love God, there's a willing obedience that comes from there. But here's the challenge, is that our wants and our willingness are not always aligned. Okay, listen, it was New Year's just a couple weeks back. Feels like the year's flying. Isn't that crazy? Um, but listen, it was New Year's a couple years back, and what is often people's number one goal, okay? Lose some weight, probably. Um, I'm, not, I'm not speaking for yourself, but I'll tell you, I've made that resolution more than once, so I'm assuming we're on the same page. Listen, what I've realized is, <laughs> what I've realized is that I 100% want to shed a few pounds at times and put on some muscle and, you know, look good, feel good, all that kind of stuff. But what I've realized is that I'm not always willing to eat healthy. Oh, man, I'm not always willing to eat healthy. Literally last night, uh, my family and I went to Swiss Chalet, okay? And at first, I'm like, you know what? I'll get something small. I'll get something small. And then I started looking at the menu, and I'm like, oh, I like chicken. I'll get some chicken. And then I realized they have a combo. Um, and so then I went for the combo because they had cheese pierogies. And then, and then I realized, oh, I can do a side of poutine instead of fries. And so then I got a combo with pierogies and a drink and poutine. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. But let me tell you, it's not going to help me get to where I want. <laughs> and so in the middle of this gap of where we want to go and a place of the willingness of what we're willing to do, it needs to enter something called discipline. There's a place of discipline that we all need to engage as followers of Jesus. And I'm not talking about working out right now. I'm talking about our walk with Jesus. There are some beautiful disciplines that we can engage of reading our Bible and prayer and solitude and Sabbath. These are all beautiful things that we can and should do. Because discipline is good. It helps us move towards a desired goal. And I don't know about you, but I want to grow with Jesus. And so sometimes I might have to do things that I don't necessarily want to do in a moment or feel like doing in a moment. But here's the thing is that discipline shouldn't be separated from discipleship. Discipline itself is a good thing. So good. But discipline should not be separated from discipleship. You see, discipline is about what we do. Discipleship is a process of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And so discipline should not be separated from discipleship. You know, the reality is, is that um, statistically, when you ask Christians how they feel about their walk with Jesus in terms of their spiritual disciplines, reading their Bible, praying, um, spending time with Jesus, most people would give the answer, I could be doing more. In fact, I should be doing more. 
And there's often a place of heaviness when we talk about spiritual disciplines. Especially as we think of Jesus' statement that if you love me, you will keep my commands. Because every time that we feel as though we haven't stepped into a place of obedience, it can leave us asking the question, do I actually love Jesus? And friends, we put way too much weight on ourselves. We put way too much weight on ourselves. In fact, Jesus obviously knows this. So immediately after he says, if you love me, then you will keep my commands. um, He also says this immediately after. In John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Who is this helper? It's the Holy Spirit. Friends, when it comes to growing with Jesus, when it comes to obeying God and submitting to his will, You and I cannot do it by ourselves. You see, discipline alone is not enough. If at the end of the day, all we have in our relationship with Christ is discipline, then we do not have a relationship. We just have a routine. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to come and to transform our hearts to dig into those spaces that you can't change yourself. And no measure of discipline will get you there. And so, friends, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we need him. He is our helper, and he is the one who will enable us to live a life like Jesus desired a life of obedience, a life of willing obedience to Christ. In fact, I would go so far as to say that without the Holy Spirit, we actually can't genuinely love God in such a way that it changes our actions. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, kindness, gentleness, It's the fruit of the Spirit inside of us. And the Holy Spirit lives inside. And so, um, John 14, 17, Jesus continues on. And the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this is a a different spirit from that which is in the world. See, the world cannot, or more directly translated, won't receive because they don't see or know the Holy Spirit. But we as followers of Jesus, because we know Jesus, there is a different spirit that lives inside of us. And so who is the Holy Spirit? Let me start by quickly sharing a statement from Francis Chan that clarifies who the Holy Spirit is not. 
And he says this, specifically referring to the Holy Spirit. He is not an indistinct power or thing. I often hear people referring to the Spirit as an it, as if the Spirit is a thing or force that we can control or use. This distinction may seem subtle or trivial, but it is actually a very serious misunderstanding of the Spirit in his role in our lives. And so, friends, if the Holy Spirit is reduced simply to a force we use, then he could be diminished to an object, an object that we use for our own temporal purposes and personal desires. But this is not what Jesus said to us. This is not the way that Jesus paints the picture of the Holy Spirit. Later in um, John chapter 14, Jesus says this, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. When the Holy Spirit is in us, the Spirit of truth dwells in us. He teaches us all things and brings to our remembrance all Jesus has said to us. So in love, we can walk in his ways. Here's another beautiful quote I want to share with you by Jack Hayford. And it says this, The Holy Spirit never tells us about himself. He comes to glorify Jesus, helping us to see Jesus more, to understand Jesus better, to respond to Jesus more obediently, and love Jesus with a deeper heart of commitment. So friends, if keeping Jesus' commandments is based in a genuine love, manifesting itself in willing obedience, it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can love God and keep his commands. So with that, what does it look like when the Holy Spirit comes? The Bible is rich, full of imagery, And I just want to share with you a few pictures of the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to close our time together. So the Holy Spirit comes as rain to bring refreshing and restoration. Actually, can I invite you into a moment? Can you just close your eyes for a second and just picture these things as the way that the Bible describes them, describes the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit comes as rain to bring refreshing and restoration. The Holy Spirit comes as rivers, which are channels to places where the refreshing of living water is needed. The Holy Spirit comes as wind, depicting God's power and guidance. The Holy Spirit comes as oil, as all the primary offices of Scripture, prophets, priests, and kings involve anointing. The Holy Spirit comes as wine. Jesus describes the new work of God conveyed by the ministry of the Holy Spirit as new wine coming into old vessels. The Holy Spirit comes as fire to work something deep into the substance of our lives that will then shape things around us rather than taking us, taking on the shape of the world. The Holy Spirit comes as a dove, a gentle symbol of peace, not as the world gives, but only from Christ alone. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and gifts us to serve a lost and broken world. The Holy Spirit teaches us about Jesus and reminds us of all Jesus said is true.
the Holy Spirit fills us initially and again to overflowing. And so, friends, here's the invitation that I would give to you today. Is will you allow the Holy Spirit into your heart and into your life? Will you open yourself wide and say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need you to change my heart. I need you to transform my mind. I need you to renew my soul. See, we can't separate discipline from discipleship. And we shouldn't elevate discipline greater than the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. So I leave you with this final scripture and then we're going to pray. In the book of Acts, it says this, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then he laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So friends, would you stand with me for a moment? And I just want to give you a few seconds, even in this space, to personally take time to repent. To say, Jesus, I, I know I've missed the mark in terms of your commandments. I know I haven't loved you with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind. I know there have been moments where I haven't loved my neighbor as myself. And in this moment, would you just in humility come before God in a posture of repentance and apologize? Say, Lord, I'm sorry. For God is faithful to forgive. So just wherever you are right now, if you can just embrace this moment to say, Jesus, I confess my sins before you and I repent. So Lord, we come before you today as a congregation, as your church, and we recognize our shortcomings. We recognize that there have been moments where we haven't kept your commands that there have been moments where we have leaned on our own understanding and it hasn't been enough where we've leaned on our own strength and we haven't been able to be obedient and so father in this moment of repentance lord i just pray that your holy spirit would come you speak your forgiveness over your children. 
Would you pour out your spirit in such a way that we would be able to love you and keep your commands? Oh, Father, we need you. Holy Spirit, would you fill us afresh? Would you fill us afresh? Pray against any spirit of striving, any space where we have held on to things, whether individually or as a church. Father, I just pray that we would submit all of ourselves before you. That as a community that we would say, Lord, we want nothing that is not of you. We're willing to be obedient to you no matter what. And so, Father, we thank you that you go with us. That this is not a momentary thing. This is not a one-time experience, but it is a continual moment that we get to engage on a daily basis moment of coming before you in repentance and also a moment of trusting that you are filling us with your spirit, that you are transforming our hearts and our minds on a daily basis, <laughs> that day after day that we're growing with you in such a way that, you know, we might not get it perfect, but that each day we are willingly being obedient to you in a new and fresh way. So, Lord, would we be living sacrifices as an act of worship in our everyday lives? Would you be with us as we go from this place? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that moment with me. I um, just want to read a benediction over you before we dismiss today's service. And it comes from Revelation 1, um, it's verse 5 and 6. And it says this, To him who loves and has freed us from our sins by, the blood, by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to, his, priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.